Era, era, two heels in a face. American dream. He's just a common man. Working hard with his hands. He's just a common man. Working hard for the man. Hey, he. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Heels in the Face Wrestling Podcast. On today's episode, we're we're back on the grind. Took a little bit of a hiatus. Had to get some things right internally. Hang out with the family and do just take care of life stuff. But we're gonna finish the year strong. Twenty twenty. What a goddamn year it's been. We're, we're, it's almost over. <laughs> it's almost over. There is. There's been some sur- silver lining things that have been happening. Right. Some some better news. I would say some good news. Um, things that you and i would probably agree upon i mean vaccines are hopefully aroundish the corner but yeah it still doesn't take away from the crazy year that it's been i know there's there's tons of people that have lost family members and um god what a tumultuous year i think is a good word yeah i mean it, it all started we, we started thinking about you know when we started hearing about the coronavirus you know our modelo assets were making like posting memes about like oh you got the corona because we drink modelos and yeah you know here we are well like 10 months later like shit this ain't going away no and you know now chicago getting tighter under restrictions and it's wild like what was the the latest that one in 15 chicagoans yep has tested positive or has the virus and it's it's some serious shit man but you know we're well, we we have to do what we we have to do to to keep our loved ones safe, and I think that's part of um, you know that has also impacted the wrestling world, and I think that's what we, we pretty much been talking about you know with different shows that we've been talking about, such as you know AAW they had their live series and how that went from limited to no people in the crowd. We talked about the collective on how that. Yeah. You know, that whole thing got switched around. It was supposed to be around Mania weekend and it turned out to be in Indiana. Uh, Cello Pro, we had done a big, you know, Cello is back. And then, you know, they had to stop for a while. Uh, the three series uh, of the stadium series with Warrior Wrestling. So, like, wrestling promoters have been innovative and brave to try different things. But at the end of the day, at least, you know, the ones that we, we frequent, the ones that we know, we know that they have the the wrestlers and the fans top of mind and they want to keep everyone safe. So it's, it's important to, to, to have that, you know, in, in the wrestling industry and, and just as human beings, man, like there's, you know, all around our workplaces, our, our partners go to work, et cetera. Like mm-hmm. we just have to take, take measurements for, for safety and not just for us, like internally, but the people that are, or could potentially be around us. Yep. Uh, that was very well said, and uh, yeah, we we actually recorded an episode. Um, it was it was a preview for the upcoming Zell Pro show that never happened, which it was smart of them to cancel it. Plans are never safe in this year. Uh, none of your plans mm-hmm. are, and um, even in terms of like getting out content for the podcast, it's been like a head scratcher. Sometimes it's been hard. It's but we've had to take mental breaks. We've had to step away and and really consider like you had a kid. Like you needed a time to be a father. Um, um, 
So like things like that have been coming up, uh, but we, we will have an episode or excuse me, a conversation for you today. It's a buffet line episode, which we want to kind of do a couple it's more. It's been of a while since we had one of those. Right. And it makes sense to do them, right? Cause they're more evergreen conversations and we want to do a couple before the year's through. We have, I won't spoil, but we have one coming up scheduled with two very young wrestlers, two new up and comers, graduates of the Freelance Academy. Um, so we're going to talk to those individuals as well on a Buffet Line episode. So hopefully you get to know a little bit more about them because they, they're a little bit of a mystery, I'd say. Um, and uh, and today is with Kirby the Voice. You know, Kirby is somebody that we've known for a while. I think years maybe i mean we've been around freelance for a while and that's where i got to uh well first i saw i i recognized because i didn't meet him i recognized kirby from aaw shows i would see him um and then i started seeing him as an announcer of freelance and then golly and then different promotions um and he's one of a kind and he's somebody that we've been wanting on the pod for a while and you know scheduling and rescheduling and then we we're supposed yeah. to try to do something in indiana when we were out there for the collective and then we were too hungover <laughs> exactly so you know it's finally happening and kirby we know you know he's full of stories um so it's it's definitely going to be a fun one yeah it, yeah to, props to kirby for his patience because we've been We've rescheduled on him, I think, at least twice. Um, and he's been wa- he's been wanting to come on the podcast for a while. And um, and yeah, I think that I think that this conversation probably a little bit a little bit more current. Uh, we might get into some of his history. Uh, you get you dive really deep into his past um, when you listen to him on Let's Talk About Wrestling, which I believe is that episode uh, that interview is on their SoundCloud. So we'd recommend go checking that out. And you'll hear him about like shaking his ass on the on the at the United Center and things like that. Um, so yeah, we're this is going to be a little bit more like what's going on now, and uh, you know we'll ask him some some different questions, kind of about ring announcing and uh, how it contributes and things like that. But it's uh, it, we haven't recorded it yet, but I can I can already tell that it's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, Kirby's a fun guy, and he's also a teacher, so. Oh yeah, I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna teach us a couple of things. He shout out to teachers. I mean, shout out to frontline healthcare workers and shout out to teachers. Uh, obviously, yeah. the the healthcare workers just physically and mentally exhausted. Um, but teachers has not been. I wouldn't. Uh, healthcare workers is obviously number one, but teachers is just like they haven't had shit easy either in terms of teaching. Like you feel like you can't yeah. really do your job um virtually and that's also not like fun um so yeah that's uh they he's Definitely he's had the, some shit the, yeah teachers and and i'll probably ask him but see what kind of innovative things because uh, i mean i've heard different stories from different teachers and um how they just have to get innovative especially i mean my experiences with the little one right kindergarten right. So, um, you know, a couple of weeks back, we, we, you know, as we were talking about this, uh, where, you know, we got tested. So while we were, you know, we got tested just to make sure that we were safe, we were okay. Itzel had to stop going to school. Like we weren't going to send her to school because she's doing the two hour a day, you know, she's going to school for two hours and a half. And, you know, I told the teacher, message her. I'm like, Hey, you know, she's not going to be going until we get the, the results. We just don't want to expose anybody. And she's like, great, uh, I'll put her on because in the afternoon they have e-learning. And I'm like, we already did e-learning and and I just didn't like that. Right. But I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. Like, we'll go back to that, you know, but, 
you know, she's even her, like the teacher, she's like, like, yeah, I learned a few things from the first round and now I'm doing things a little different. Right. Uh, you know, such as YouTube videos and, you know, even, you know, some um, parts of the day, you know, she would do some like standing exercises, watching YouTube videos or some dances just to kind of re-engage the kids. So, okay, yeah, it's definitely tough. And but it's, you know, props to them for being innovative and pulling through just as it is rough for the kids. It's, it has to be tough for, for a teacher as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, we don't want to get anyone too down anymore. Uh, it's been a, a, you know, this is a happy podcast episode. It's going to be a fun conversation, I'm sure. So I guess we'll just hop on over to that unless there's anything else you wanted to had to say. No, let's, let's go hear the voice. All right. We are now on the line with Mr. Kirby Alexander. Kirby, that's, that's your, your shoot name, right? Kirby Alexander, or am I, or is there something else we should know? Kirby the Voice Alexander is the uh, the work name. Uh, it's it's very similar to my shoot name. Uh, it's my first name and middle name, so okay. uh, no, nothing special there. But yeah, it's it just it, it flow it flows a lot easier than Van Vliet. Uh, I didn't want people messing that up. Right. So uh, I just figured Kirby Alexander, nice and short. Uh, two first names, uh, often done in in professional wrestling a lot. Yeah. So uh, it just kind of made sense. Yeah, I guess in this instance, you can trust a man with two first names, although most people don't like to. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's great to have you on. I mean, it's been, I just want to first off um, say thank you. Excuse me. I had a big in between lunch and dinner. So if I'm just burping throughout this whole podcast, I apologize. Um, but thank you for your flexibility. I mean, we've rescheduled on you twice now. You probably don't even want to do this podcast anymore, right? No, I mean, I'm really happy to be on Russell Talking Randomness. I think that's really <laughs> that you guys are having me on. Uh, I've, you know, I've been listening to you guys for a long yeah. time. And, no, no yeah. I, I do I do think we had this conversation um, wow, pr- probably two years ago. I think it, it was at a Zellos show uh, at Jimmy's when we first talked about yeah. it. And, uh, you know, life happens. Life happens to people. Pandemics happen, happen to people um and here we are but no i'm actually i'm i'm over the moon man i'm very very happy to be here with you guys uh i really do feel you're doing a lot of good for the business um so yeah i'm pleased i'm pleased man yeah i know that's that's funny you i mean you've been someone who's always been on our list but yeah and credit to credit to wrestle talker and randomist kurt or uh hank and uh nerd they had you on and so then we were like okay you know that was a really good, awesome conversation with Kirby. We can we can put him at the end of the list for a while, let some time pass, and then you know some new things will happen and occur. And then sure. for whatever reason, for no offense, for whatever reason, we just kept like having other things come up. And uh, but now, I mean, we do. Yeah, had a little bit more free time. We wanted to get you at the collective, but we we were we drank like an amazing amount of seltzers <laughs> that day and just didn't want to do it the next day. So once again, you're, but you had stuff going on too. So we were like, no worries. Um, but yeah, you, you're, you're doing, you've done a ton of ring announcing. Um, and I think that's one of the things, well, obviously how we know you, but obviously one of the reasons we want to have you on too is because, um, we like to have on friends not just wrestlers and also people that contribute to the, to wrestling in a certain way. And, with your ring announcing, like you'll pick up some different stories and things that you just wouldn't hear from like a normal podcast. So you're sure. a unique individual. 
So to thank speak. you. I have a note here that I think Chris wrote this down. The amount of oxygen in this man's lungs is unbelievable. Chris, was that you? <laughs> that was that was me. I was I was putting together a quick little intro for for Kirby here, um, and and it's true. I mean, I think the most and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the most famous uh, intro of Kirby or the the most memorable for me is the Gringo Loco, like the Gringo oh 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 oh, and it just goes on and on and on and on. Gringo even like he, he's even done posing. He's like, oh, should I do more? Because Kirby's still going. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I mean, it's you know you have a very unique voice, uh, hence the voice, and right. you know like those entrances, like it just feels right. And, and you know it might be a weird comparison, Kirby, but allow me to make this comparison. Like to me, is like when I hear you ring announce, it's like when is how I feel when I will listen to Jr. Uh, be on the commentator table back at the attitude era like it just Certainly. feels right yeah i try i try to bring that element um i try to really mix the old school and the somewhat new school approach um you know first and foremost i always want to be uh respectful of the business and play my role in 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 the business and right. that it to me is to get the boys over and the girls in 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 this age, but, mm-hmm. but to get the workers over, it's not about me now. Yes. I do dress a little flamboyant. I do dress where but I dress flamboyant, but it's still in a professional way. Cause I'm just trying True. to bring attention to the product, right? I'm just trying to enhance the product. I'm not trying to get myself over. There's been so many times where I've worked shows and people come up, up to me afterwards and they're like, what is your name? Even like, you never say your name. It's cause it's not about me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> People get to learn my name eventually, but I don't, you know, I don't open up with, Hey, Kirby, the voice Alexander here. And this is freelance. No, this is freelance. Right. And that's what we're here for or whichever show I'm doing. And, you know, I'm just another tool to get the company over and to get the guys over. Um, and yes, I developed a little bit of a, uh, a gimmick with the, the sustain, you know, the, the lungs, the, the oxygen as, as you were talking about. And you hit it on the head. It came, I can't remember which came first. I want to say um, it was either Isaiah Velasquez or Gringo Loco. I, I started experimenting. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I started experimenting with both of them at the same time because the Velasquez, mm-hmm. that's another great spot to hold it. Right. Um, and, and, and Gringo, as you said. So it was right around the same time that I played around one day and just, I, I was going long and I'm yeah. like, Oh, I wonder how long I can go. And, <laughs> you know, and, and as I was doing it, then I started to see and hear the reaction in the room. I'm mm-hmm, like, oh, mm-hmm. people are impressed by this. They're digging it. They're and but not so much impressed by it. They're getting hype by it. Because what am I if, if I'm not a hype man, right? I mean, that's that's right. kind of my job. I'm like, I'm like the opening act for a comedian yeah. or whatever. I'm I'm in there to get to warm the room up, right? So when I hear when I do that, if I'm warming them up for a match and I hear them start to get hyped because they're they're hearing their favorite name be said with 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 such vim and vigor, um, I'm like, oh, I think I'm onto something here. So those were the two I kind of reserved it for for a while. And then it just became more and more and more of a thing. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I actually play with it because I even surprised myself. Um, cause I have like an internal monologue while I'm doing it. 
I'm like, okay, you should probably stop now. You're starting to run out of breath. Uh, no, fuck that. You can go longer. Like, nope, nope. Your voice is, you're about to blow out your voice. You still have like eight more matches. You probably shouldn't do that. Oh, man, keep it going. Keep it going. They're hot. They're hot. And then it's just like, and then when I feel it, like I, I can actually feel it before I can hear it. I can feel like, oh, there's a, the crack is about to come. And mm-hmm. I try to cut it off before my voice cracks. Now, you may have noticed there's been times in the last year or two where like I have gone too far and the voice is cracked. Um, but then I just kind of play it off. Like I just, yeah. I, either, I change the the sound of it or whatever and kind of turn the crack into, uh, into sound in a different way. So I just go higher because I do a lot of low. So the, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going out now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but gringo and the, the yeah. O and the A, you know, I mm-hmm. use those as a more guttural tone, but then if, if, if the voice cracks, I just take it higher. So gringo, oh! mm. Yeah, and I just I right. played with it. So I just I kind of you know just like you would if something goes wrong in a match or whatever, you you you, you turn lemons into lemonade. You know, you just you, and and then the crowd still eats it up. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Interesting. All right. So before we even like start asking, because I have my start asking questions, and and you know we have a whole um, you know we have we're doing a buffet line. So for those who are not familiar with the buffet line style. Um, of episode Aren't that the we buffet shut down right now are we not supposed to be doing this is this illegal this, this is, is your socially distant buffet line, okay, so okay. <laughs> right. I, I think this might be the only existing buffet that it's going to continue on past this pandemic um so we have the salad bar if you remember back in the day when there were buffets there was a salad bar and in this case uh, the salad bar is just quick, fresh takes, getting to know you, which we're we're starting to to dabble a little bit into that. And then we have the hot plate, your main course, the the, the meaty conversations, uh, meaty topics. And then we have the dessert, which is guilty pleasures, uh, fun questions. And then we have a fun game at the end that is called word association. So we'll get all into that. Uh, but I think it's, it's time for us to step into the salad bar and get things rolling. I usually skip the salad bar, but that's okay. We <laughs> well, let, let, let's start off by that. Like, like if we're talking about salads, <laughs> and this usually this is the last question of the salad bar, but I'll start off with that. What is your favorite part of a salad? Um, virtually none of it. I it, it, it <laughs> has to be like I don't I don't like lettuce. I don't like tomatoes. So I'm I'm not really a salad guy. So like eggs, like when eggs are put on a salad or bacon. Um, bacon's a really good salad component. Um, yeah, yep, those count croutons. I'm, I'm really into croutons. Cheese. Same. So just about everything you put on the lettuce and tomatoes, I'm cool with. Um, and, and, and even a weirder thing. So I, I do, because we're all, all, we're all always trying to be a little healthier. Right. And a lot of times people think, well, I need to start eating salads. I need to start eating more vegetables. That's how I'm going to become healthier. So I've experimented with that throughout the years. And I've found for me that the greener the lettuce, the better. Like I can't eat the spines, like the white stuff. Okay. I ignore that, like the plague. Yeah. I have to have have, like, yeah. So the, the greener, like softer stuff, but that hard white stuff, no, nah, no, nah, you can miss me with that. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And and I thought I was uh yeah, I, I felt like the crouton answer was was bound to come up here. Uh Charlie's Charlie and a lot of our guests are 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 crouton 
enthusiast. Yeah, very I'm popular so answer, solid. but I think it deserves it. So yeah, yeah, you said all the you said all the the guilty pleasure stuff of the salad, but I mean, it sounds like a great salad. Shit, I it's the stuff that makes the salad no longer healthy. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, you, just, you just screwed the pooch. Like you went from having <laughs> something that was good for you to like mainlining grease and everything else again. So you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever works. Hey, if that's your salad, that's your salad. So, you know, we always try to shy away from that initial question on, on, on what got you into wrestling or whatever. But I think there's a different take, uh, a slightly different take of what what part of wrestling do you love? Like, what is that thing that keeps you bringing you back to to wrestling? Um, yeah, man, that's really cool. Uh, a lot of it at, at, at this stage is uh, a lot of it's the camaraderie. So it's, you know, it, it's being around uh, people and a place and an element that I love. Uh, and that, and that, that's from, from the, from the wrestlers to the fans and everyone in between, it's just, it's that. And for me, so on a personal level, it's about performing. Um, never knew I was a performer, never knew yeah. that that was an aspect of my life, but um especially once the pandemic hit, not having that uh, outlet anymore to be on a stage and to hear you guys feeding off of me and feeding into me. Um, that's what really does it for me. And then also it's just about the hunger right now, the indie scene and the way, the way the rustlers, you know, put their, put their lives on hold, put their bodies on the line. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's the passion for me. It's, 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 it's these guys going out there doing everything they can. Uh, and sometimes, and oftentimes too much uh, to get noticed. Mm -hmm. And for many of them, it pays off and, and, and for some it doesn't. Um, but I think that's the thing that really keeps me being a part of this is because I, I love seeing wh what these guys are willing to do next and yeah. just how far they're willing to go. And I'm very entertained by that. I'm entertained by that, that passion and that drive to succeed. Yeah. I, I think that uh, a couple of things you said earlier when you were kind of talking about your in-ring announcing was, well, Chris compared you to JR in a sense where like, and I think this is true. JR also said too, it's all about getting talent over. You said those exact same words. So like you both are on that same wavelength, but Chris compared to you in the sense, like if we were to go back to freelance wrestling tomorrow, but for whatever reason you weren't there, it would be like a part of it was missing. So I feel like you being a performer and then being associated with, not just with freelance, but I think freelance is where my mind goes first. You do other, other, sure. let's not, let's not uh, disregard well, the other freelance promotions. Really? Yeah. And, <laughs> um, and yeah, I think if you're, you're that, you're that essential that if we were to go back tomorrow and you weren't there, it would feel like a part of it was missing. And, uh, and I think that's, that is true in a sense. Well, I appreciate that very much. And that's, you know, that's something that, that is on my mind a lot uh, with the Chicago scene is uh, you know, and I'm not, I, I don't want to take this in, in into a kind of a sad take, but you know, I'm getting older, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not 67 or 80, but I'm, 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 I'm hitting 50 here pretty soon. I'm a year away. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I do have some health concerns. Um, you know, I guess I bet you, you know, I'm sure you guys saw a couple of years ago when I was wearing that vest, uh, that was actually a, a shock vest because I have a heart condition that I just came out of nowhere. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, has nothing to do with my weight for all you people just want to go, well, fat guy, of course you have a heart <laughs> problem. Had nothing to do with that whatsoever. Yeah. But, um, you know, because of those things, I, and, and because wrestling is one of those businesses where people tend to overstay their welcome. Yeah. And I don't want to do that on my end of the business either. So I think about that a lot. I think about, you know, I, I want to, I want to do the best I can for this business for however long that continues to be. But I've also started to think about like, how, how can I leave it and make sure that it's still in great hands? So I've actually started not so much taking on like proteges or anything like that, but really getting in the ear of the younger ring announcers and kind of like, you know, and showing them the way. And, and, and many, most of it is because they have come to me for it. So it's not so much yeah. that I'm trying to mold them in my fashion, but I just, I want to make sure it's in good hands. I want to make sure that if, in, if in some case I can't do freelance anymore, that you've got Val up there killing it and you know yep, doing right. a great job. And so every once in a while I'll miss a show and Val will fill in. And I've even thought about sometimes even almost purposely missing a show, like just once or twice a year to make sure she gets in. So the crowd gets to know her more. So she gets more opportunities. Um, and, and that, cause and that way it can be more of a natural transition. So then it, you know, if, 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 if there ever is a reason that I have to step away, it won't be like, Oh, it's just not the same anymore without them. Cause I don't want it to be that. Cause again, I'm just a tool to get everyone over. It's not right. about me. So I want, I want it to be in good hands, uh, if I ever have to go. So, yeah, no, that's, that's very well said. Um, speaking of overstaying your welcome, do you guys, do you guys think that, uh, no, not to you. Do you guys think that the undertaker will ever wrestle again? Cause it just feels like a whole charade to me very quickly. We don't have to go too deep into this, but <laughs> you know, I was, I was in Orlando when he, when he left the stuff in the ring, yeah. you know, and I, I thought that was the end then. And Same. That's, that's been three years ago now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Making a thousand dollars a pop on Cameo is, is pretty cool, but then yeah, cool. I'm, sh- I'm sure it still pales in comparison uh, to the money he was making, you know, f- from working. But he's going to get, I'm sure he's going to get one of those legends contracts, right? Um, where he's still getting paid, you know, to be a part in some way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I think. I think it's time. I, I, I really do. I think we've seen most of everything that we want to see yeah. uh, from him. And, you know, I've, I think we've seen the matches and the feuds. I think, I, I think we've, you know, squeezed as much out of that as, as, as we should. And because that, because what could possibly happen now, right now you could, now you could tarnish the legacy and some people might say you, that he already has in some ways. Um, I, I would vote for, I would vote for that a little bit. Yeah. Like I would vote for like, yeah, the leaving the gear, the, the leaving the gear in the ring just felt like the perfect send off and like going through the stage. And, yep. and I think I our our friend, even a uh, Nancy tweeted that, uh, I don't know. She tweeted this maybe a little bit, like you said, it's been three years since it happened or, or however much time, but she said like, I want my tears back at one point. I remember, a specific, <laughs> wow. I remember a specific tweet and she's like the biggest undertaker Mark you'll ever meet. So, um, so yeah, I think it, there's a little bit of that tarnishment a little uh, for me, a little bit, like they should have just, it was almost just like, 
I don't know. Yeah, they were just parading them around like this. Look at this fossil. Look at this uh, thing we have still. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I would even say like if he just kind of like did his appearances like he's doing them now, like that, that's cool. Like he I, I listened to the or I watched the uh, the, the, the Stone Cold uh, one more round interview and he has mixed feelings about, you know, doing all these media appearances or and just kind of exposing the, the business or pulling the curtain. I'm like, that's that's fine. He could do that at this stage now. Yeah. But I think he should have just kind of after the streak ended, that was his time to just, yeah you know, on a clean slate, just walk away as The Undertaker. Um, you know, that didn't happen. But I think, yeah, like whatever, you know, however they did it this time around the Survivor Series, I actually watched that. Um, I thought the Paul Bear uh, hologram was super cool. Um, and I'm like, yep. that's that's the best they could have done at this point to try to, you know, save that that, you know, farewell. And and, and I'm cool with it. If he doesn't come back into the ring, I'm, I'm OK with it. Sure. I mean, and there's, you know, there's so much else you can do, right? Like, do we need to keep going back to to something that's been done for 30 years? No disrespect mm-hmm. to The Undertaker. I'm right. Huge Undertaker fan. Yeah. None of um, this is in is in disrespectful form. Yeah. No, but from the word go, you know, I was I was enthralled with this larger than life, larger than death character, right? Let's say it that way. And um and he's entertained me for years and years and years, even through through multiple in, you know incarnations. Um, I I enjoyed Biker Taker. I enjoyed I it not all. I really that that uh, you know Biker Taker. I, I hear negative things about it all the time. I did not hate it. I did I either. It. Yeah. Yeah, that's who he. That's who he really is. I mean, he's a biker. Like right. That's and it that's felt his, like just a natural yeah. progression. It felt like right. you know uh, the ministry stuff. It, it was cool. It did cool things, but. It, it you know was a little muddy, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, it, to think you know everything we've gotten, we've gotten thirty years out of a character. Um, there's you know, and I know this gets said, and I'm sure you guys say it. There's so much left in the talent pool, right? Let's let's make room for some of these other guys. Let's yeah. not keep bringing back the Goldbergs and the Lesners and everybody else. You know, there's so many new fresh faces that are are there and right. ready to perform and give you and give you 30 years, give you another 30 years mm-hmm. out of someone else. But I think they just sometimes, well, they should be one person, right? We should be right. talking about one person <laughs> in particular. Vince wants to stick with what he knows and what he loves. And um, I think that's starting to be an, an archaic way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if he even didn't come back for like, yeah, do like the hall of fame, but like if we never see him even do like an entrance again, not necessarily a match, but not even like an entrance, just like zero right. cut I, it I off think, right now. Yeah, Cold Turkey, me, never all... again. Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the end of the taker gimmick, like that's it. We're not going to see it anymore. But, you know, he said it before, too. Like, and everybody says it, like, never say never. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, how, many um, times did, how many times did Terry Funk retire? You know, <laughs> I don't even know that one. No, uh, it's, I have it's, no clue. It's I, It might be in double digits. I no, don't know. Had, it's yeah. probably more than you can count on one hand, at least. Uh, but yeah, Terry Funk's had a, quite a few retirement matches and retirement shows. Yeah, he's on like, he's more of the like Randy the Ram where like he can't give it up, right? Where Undertaker's probably like, I'm okay with this. 
but like I'm okay with not doing another match, but also like the money's really good. Right. Maybe like probably a couple different motives there, but um, yeah. Well, uh, I, I wanted to, Chris, unless you're, I wanted to just do one more style question unless you have anything else you want to hit, it. but uh, Kirby, I wanted to know what your vocal warm up was like. And if you have one and like, how do you even get your voice prepared to do a, a lot of O's for Gringo Loco? <laughs> um, I actually, I actually don't, I, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't prepare unless I've got something going on. So like, if I was to have to do, do a show tonight or tomorrow with this little bit of a rasp you already hear, um, then I would then. So if I know that I'm, I'm like, I, if I have a cold going on or if my voice just isn't up to par, um, I drink a lot of hot tea with honey and lemon both. Um, I'll, I, and if I do feel like I'm going to, if I'm not even starting to have a cold, but I'm like, ah, my voice is not going to be a, a hundred, hundred percent tonight. I'll bring throat lozenges with, with, and I'll pop those between, uh, between announcing. Okay. So I guess almost like taking painkillers, you know, <laughs> before the match, but, um, you're roided yeah, up so, brother. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll make sure I have stuff like that with me if I know it's going to be a problem, but, um, otherwise, no, there's, there's a lot of mental preparation that goes into it. Um, but not as much vocal preparation. Okay. Okay. And I'm cool. happy to speak about the mental preparation. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just cause I, cause I like saying this to people. I especially like saying this to, to younger people. Cause I often get asked, you know, do you ever get nervous? And I say, yes, every single time. Um, but once I crack that mic open, it's gone. You know, uh, for me, almost once I step on the stage and I can see the people, uh, it, it's gone, but a little bit of nerves is okay. It's something I'm trying to teach my daughter. You know, nerves are good as long as you're in control of them. It means you care. And mm-hmm. I tell a lot of the young guys that ask me that question, I'm like, when you stop being nervous, you should probably stop doing this because you probably don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, so I do I do definitely have a lot of self-talk that I do beforehand, uh, certainly going over the card, um, you know, making sure that I have that in my head. Uh, funny story, not if I do too much of too much riffing for you guys, uh, definitely feel free to stop me. But no, uh, go ahead. I, I definitely talk a lot. Um, I was at uh, I was at a show. It was one of those baseball shows that uh, Scarpone and uh, Blitz was running, and okay. um, there was a, a guy who was just starting to do ring announcing, and he was doing it from a legal pad. He was actually using the legal pad. And I was like, you know, just try to get away from that if you can. And, uh, and he's, and he's like, you mean, don't, don't look at anything. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you mean memorize the entire show? I'm like, no, (laughs) memorize the next match. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's, That's all you have to do. Like, you know, and, and I, and I would do that. Um, in the beginning I did commentary and ring announcing at the same time. So like for the first maybe five or six years that I did this, I was doing double duty. Mm. And so I would have, you know, I would have the mic on the table in front of me and I'm watching the match and I'm also looking down at my notes and memorizing the next match at the same time. And then running up there, giving my introduction and running back to the table. But yeah, it was, it was always just about, you just have to know the next match. You don't have to know the whole card. Right. Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah. Um, came first. Pardon me? Walking first, commentating or ring announcing? Uh, ring announcing by one show. 
Um, so the story is uh, Ben Jordan posted on the IWA Mid-South board that Elite Pro was looking for uh, a, new, a new ring announcer, that they, they needed a ring announcer for the next show. And uh, I had zero experience. And I hit up Ben Jordan. I'm like, look, I have no experience doing it, but I've been in radio for a long time. I've, I've done commercials. Um, I've, I've worked in front, in front of uh, crowds on stage for concerts and, cl- and club gigs and stuff like that. So I'm used to being in front of people and I'm also a lifelong wrestling fan. So I said, put the two together and I'm your guy. And he's like, all right, come work the show for free. And, uh, right. uh, you know, if we like you, we might keep you around, you know, they big time me. And uh, so I showed up, I did my first match. I got, uh, came back through the curtain and they're like, yeah, you're hired. You're a regular guy from now on. They paid me that night. Next show I show up and they're like, "Um, you're doing commentary tonight too. Like it wasn't even a question. Like you're doing commentary tonight too. I'm like, okay. Again, no experience in that either. And um, it just, and I just kept doing that. Like I said, for probably a good five or six years. Well, even just, uh, maybe three years ago, two or three years ago when uh, underground was becoming freelance underground mm-hmm. um, and they wanted to use uh, Sterling and Jimmy D they wanted me there as the third person. And so I did the first couple shows, those first couple beta browse shows as a three person team. Mm. And then I, I went to, uh, uh, to James and I was like, I'm done, but not in a bad way. I'm like, they're fine. They've got this. So yeah. just, I'm going to phase myself out. And I think that was probably the last, yeah, I think that's the last commentary I did. Um, so now I've just focused, you know, solely on, on the ring announcing aspect because there's other guys that can, that can do the commentary. So why, why take another spot? Right. Yeah. Let's open it up for for someone else, especially Sterling's a lifelong friend of mine. I've known Sterling for 17 years so when he was like uh, in sixth grade. Um, so to bring him into the business and, and, and to give him essentially my spot uh, felt very special to me. So, yeah, that's cool. cool. Yeah, you shot you, you, you just asked. It doesn't hurt to ask. And you shot your shot, you know, even yeah. though uh, honestly. But yeah, look what it turned out to be. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, are you you're you? I'm assuming you're warmed up now and you're ready for the the main course. Is that right correct? On, man. Bring on the red meat. <laughs> Great. All right, well, I I gotta ask. I think this is probably a, a salady question, like this transitional question here. But at what point did the matching tie and shoe combo ah, yeah. begin? Like, cause that is like the Kirby staple. Like those shoes are so unique. I don't know how many pairs you have in your closet. You <laughs> match every tie you have. It's 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 a it's a cool visual, and you know, especially now that we we take it to the kind of like the modern age with um, IWTV. Like you're the first one on freelance TV that that people see. Right. You know, you're dead center, and you know you're not matching necessarily freelance, but you're 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 matching, and you stand out. Right. And again, it's, it's, it's about, it's about standing out, but standing out for, for a reason, right? It's about adding that extra, mm-hmm. you know, oomph and pizzazz uh, to the company. And I, you know, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. The, the, the matching aspect came from my wife. 
um, she just started buying me, you know, like she knew I was doing this. She's, she's like, Oh, I found these cool pair of shoes. And I found this shirt and this tie that would go awesome with these shoes. Mm-hmm. And I just ran with it. You know, I, I, um, rustling made me a stylish person, um, because of my wife, I was not a stylish person b- before that. I was definitely a sweatpants and t-shirt kind of guy. Um, and now, you know, for, 12 years, 12 or 13 years. Um, I've really grown to enjoy dressing this way. Um, and as a teacher, I often do it as well because I want students to see, um, something very professional as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of her idea, you know, and, and, and she just, she kept feeding it. Like, you know, I would, you know, just once a week or once a month, she's like, got you another fresh pair of shoes, got you another outfit. <laughs> and, just wanted, and I was, I was eating it up, man. Yeah. Cause so, cause so were the people, you know, it, it kind of, yeah. it, it became the thing, like, what's he going to wear today? You know? And mm-hmm. the nice thing about the fact that I do have a lot, I have probably 30 pair of shoes, but I don't always wear, you know, I, I, I'll cycle through them, but I try to keep them like, if I can keep them like three or four shows apart, no one's going to remember. And it's so many times people are like, whoa, those shoes are amazing. I'm like, yeah, you've seen them eight times. I've just made sure you've <laughs> never seen them, you know, for more than, you know, four months, you know, at least four months apart. So like if I spaced it out enough, everything looks new, man, because they're right. always expecting the, the new hotness. And then the coolest thing, you know, you were talking earlier, and this might have been right before we started even. Uh, so I apologize, but you were talking about the fact that I coordinate. That's it's kind of mm-hmm. what we're on now, right? The fact that right. I coordinate my yep. tie and my uh, and my shirt, and my socks. You know, it was my shoes and socks at times. Um, when I saw I saw someone on Twitter, just some random post on Twitter, right when the uh, pandemic started, that someone had turned their pocket squares into masks, and so I ran with that idea. So. Um, I came home to my, to my wife cause my wife and my mother-in-law at the beginning of the pandemic made like thousands of masks and were like donating them to hospitals and wherever they needed to go because nice. we, we didn't have PPE in the beginning. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were doing this. And so I knew they knew how to make masks. I'm like, Hey, I saw this thing. If I buy ties and pocket squares, you can turn the pocket square into the mask. <laughs> and then that's one more thing that matches. And, the, and, my, and my wife's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, and then when the first time someone saw me like that, they're like, oh my God, of course. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> more things that I can match? I'm like, absolutely. So yeah, it, this the style was born from wrestling. I didn't bring the style to wrestling, but it was, it was born because um, I, I wanted to, to represent myself and the business and the companies I worked for in a professional way, but I also, I wanted to, to spice it up a little bit. So that's what, that's why I said earlier that I kind of feel like I'm a little bit of a blend of the old school and the new school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The old school would be a tuxedo, right? The old school would be, you know, a white shirt. It wouldn't, you know, it, it wouldn't have anything flamboyant to it. And so, whereas I'm not trying to be crazy with it, but I like, the, I think that pop of color uh, just, just really brings something and makes it, you know, a little more interesting. Yeah. Accessorize. Yeah, man. Yeah, you do a fantastic job Coming of it. Soon, Kirby the brand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've often thought about you know how people uh, like you know how the wrestlers always want to get sponsors. Like, I want to get like some young guy who's just trying to break into fashion, 
and like be his like model or whatever and have someone start making suits for me like mm-hmm. and, and you know like and sponsor like some young fashion guy so if, you're, if anyone out there is listening and uh, <laughs> you're really into fashion and you're and you're a tailor and uh you, you know you want you want a really large canvas to work on i'm your guy, <laughs> I'm your guy. awesome that's that great be the voice <laughs> yes yeah so ro- walk down that runway for you um <laughs> Kirby, the last time we saw you getting into the main course, the last time we saw you in person was um, at the collective. That was actually now looking back at, cause we've taken a little bit of an episode break as well to get some other things right in our life. And um, that was our last episode that was released was okay. the recap of that. So like just, just in general, what, how was your collective experience and what are some memories and takeaways that you, like things that suck out that you have from, from that weekend? Uh, certainly it it was, it was a great experience. Now we all know that it was marred in controversy to an extent, right. That there was a lot of people that didn't want the show to happen, um, uh, mainly because of the pandemic and felt that it was, uh, very irresponsible of Brett from GCW to run a show like that. And, um, I, I posted a, a, a pretty long tweet, uh, about a week or so after the show, after I came home, got my test and tested negative. And, you know, I felt you could, you could do it right. And I felt Brett did do it right. Now, were there a couple of cases that came out of it? Certainly. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it, if you did the contract contact tracing, it didn't come from the wrestling, right? It happened at the wrestling but it didn't come from that. Most of them said they knew where it came from. It came from someone at home or this, that, and the other. And so it, it didn't, it wasn't a super spreader event. Like, you know, some people were trying to get you to believe that it would be. So um, I went into it with a little trepidation because it was the first big thing that I was going to be doing that was going to be indoors. Yeah, you know, right. I, I went to some of the outdoor shows that he did in Indianapolis and I, and I worked the warrior shows, you know, here in the Heights um, because those were all outdoor shows, but it was the first show. And I agreed to it, not even realizing it was going to be an indoor show. James was like, Hey, are you willing to do the collective show? And I'm like, of course, you know, because it was going to be in Indianapolis. It was Brett running it. And I just had it as outside, even though it was October, right? October. I don't even remember. Anymore. Yeah, it was. It was middle October. of October. Um, even though I should have known that it was the beginning of the winter months, I, for some reason, thought it was outside. And then when I realized it was inside, I was like, oh, what did I get myself into? But I went into it with some faith that Brett was going to take the precautions that he should. And I, I felt for the most part that that is what happened. I mean, I, everyone was wearing a mask. Um, especially the fans, the fans were amazing. I mean, you guys probably heard my speeches before each show where I, you know, I would remind everybody to social distance, to put six feet of, uh, of feet away from you in the next group. If you're on the bleachers to not move your chairs, leave your chairs where we put them because we're trying to make sure that you're socially distant and everyone was doing it. No one was complaining. There was no bitching and moaning. They were doing it. And, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of bodies there, but the locker room per se was almost like a warehouse. So it was, it was huge. So you could be so, even though there was a 
ton of bodies there. They were so spread out. Um, gorilla position. Everyone in gorilla position had their masks on at all times. Um, so they did it the right way. So I know, I know maybe you were looking for more of a wrestling related answer, but I guess one of my biggest takeaways is that we successfully did something, uh, and, and, and did try to really do the, do right by it and right by the fans and right by the workers. And I, and I think pulled that off for the most part. Um, my biggest takeaways, and I think this is probably, I hope this is the way a lot of people saw the, these shows for the culture and uh, big gay brunch for the culture blew me away um, to see, you know, it, it's, it's a buzzword route now, right? Representation matters. You know, I, I see it on Netflix now. I think it's, it's almost mm-hmm. like a brand on Netflix. They put it on all, any show that has a black person in it. They say representation matters. And, 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 and so it's almost a cliche thing now, but it does. And so for these guys to get a chance to show what they can do on somewhat of a grand stage and to know what it meant to them and to see that passion uh, oozing out of them in blood, sweat, and tears was, was, was moving, you know, um, not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an ally and I, I almost say, I almost hate that term anymore. Cause I think so many people use it. I'm an ally. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. I have black friends. I have gay friends. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have a black son. I have an adopted black son. Um, so, and, and a, and a half black granddaughter that I raised here in my home. Um, it meant something to me. You know, I teach in a neighborhood where, um, 99% of my students are people of color. It meant something to me to see this representation, to know that that was there for them. So uh, For the Culture was my favorite show of the entire weekend. And uh, I, I loved everything that was done about that. And just uh, so many good matches. I mean, Lee Moriarty had an incredible weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think five, maybe six, uh, uh, pretty solid matches, solid to phenomenal yeah. uh, matches. And there was, there was so many guys that shined. And then, and then you have these like these great stories, like juicy finale, right. That, co- that comes out, that comes yeah. out of the collective, like who in the hell is juicy finale. And, you know, this kid just showed up, right. You know, he's like, I, I'm going to take that shot. Like, kind of like I did, right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot my shot. Right. And, and they, the people ate it up, and now Brett's using them on shows. So, um, you know, that was another great story that came out of it. And uh, just to see that much rustling and to have it all ha- have it happening under one roof and to see the fans, for the most part, hot throughout, um, you know, it, it gets hard after eight, nine, ten hours of rustling. It does. You know, oh, yeah. for me, and I'm into it. But you know the crowd stayed hot pretty much into into the morning hours, and uh, yeah, that's that's my biggest takeaway is that you know for the culture was amazing, big gay brunch was amazing. Seeing uh, these these two guys uh, AJ and Effie uh, bring these things to life uh, from from their inception. You know they put the idea out there, and you know a lot of people embraced it. Some people still tried to shoot it down. Um, but they ran with it. They stuck with their heart and they put on these amazing shows and 
and and I said, you know, as, as an umbrella, Brett put on an amazing show. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great weekend, man. It was great to see you guys, and that's all. That like I said, that camaraderie is huge for me, right? So to see you guys and and other fans and hang out with my friends that I've made through this business, uh, yeah, that's that's what made the collective special for me. And I think that's what makes wrestling special. And I'm gonna here I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna divert a little bit again, but wrestling for me is special because. So many people that are into wrestling don't have another place where they feel at home. They don't have another place where they feel comfortable or even possibly special. And so I have people that come up to me all the time, you know, thanking me for wrestling. And you just, you know, that this is the only place they feel good. And uh, that's, that's great. That's part of the magic. That's, that's what makes wrestling special is that we can make people feel special and feel at home and welcome uh, and, and I think that's something we, we shouldn't take lightly. Yeah, no, it was very well said. I think that, yeah, we didn't see, we've heard great things about for the culture. We didn't actually see the show, but I think uh, Chris and I voted Effie's big gay brunch is our favorite show of the weekend. Cause we saw basically all of Saturday and then black label pro on Sunday. And so, yeah, I think we'd echo, echo a lot of the same sentiment of what you just said. Right. on. I just wanted to touch on that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really, you know, hearing you talk about it and, you know, I heard Val talk about, you know, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, um, you know, all these shows that, you know, to, 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 if you, you talk to anybody like, oh, I went to a wrestling show. I went to a wrestling show. Um, and like, yeah, that's cool. It's fun. But, you know, as you mentioned, like, you know, it could be a buzzword or whatever, but, but representation does matter and yeah. it matters how you portray it and and i think that the fact that this is happening in in this time well there's a pandemic and there's so many restrictions at the end of the day they pulled it off and the fact that that's that video still lives out there to you know for anybody to go check it out i mean i think and i just think that it is extremely important that 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 happened that people enjoyed it for what it was yeah. but also take the time to acknowledge the show for what it was. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of emphasize on that. Uh, Absolutely. You know, that was, that's pretty cool now. And I'm going to run down a couple of uh, promotions that I wrote down that I think you participated in, or you've been a part of. Um, and you tell me if I'm missing any, but the follow-up question to that would be what wrestler have you been the most excited to announce? Um, here I have from from the ones that I know the promotions that I know that you've worked with is freelance freelance underground warrior wrestling GCW golly black label pro AAW VW AA Dreamwave elite pro IW mid south and am I missing any here in that list um I want to oh, did you say blitz I did not I did one I, I did one blitz show okay I did one I did one blitz show for Tony um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a, a, a pretty precise list. I think there was uh, some one-off show that I did in Indianapolis for punk pro wrestling uh, from Florida that came up and did one show in Indianapolis. I did that. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the laundry list right there. Um, and I've, I've been afforded, you, you said Warrior too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warrior. Warriors in there. Yeah, yeah. 
um, I've been afforded uh, some incredible luxuries uh, as far as working with uh, people that I've admired for a very, very, very long time. And then uh, people that are just favorites of mine currently. Um, and so one of, there's so many special ones, but one of the, uh, one of the biggest for me happened by accident. And that was, uh, getting to, uh, introduce Cody. Um, I showed up pro wrestling blitz was doing a baseball show and, uh, I forget the name of the team. They, they did them for a couple of years and Zello did them too. Zello took over. Thunderbolts. Yes. Yes. So they were doing the, these Thunderbolt shows and, uh, I took my daughter and, you know, I, I, I took her because Cody was on the show mm-hmm. and she didn't know anything about Cody yet at this point. And my favorite wrestler of all time is, is, is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. So I wanted, I can't introduce my daughter to Dusty. Uh, I wanted to introduce her to his son. And, um, so we went to the show met Cody before the show and he was, he was amazing. We talked to him for a long time. We were uh, just getting ready to go to Japan uh, for dominion that year. And uh, so we talked about that with him and, and he, he, you know, he was not trying to get through the line at, at, at any type of speed or anything. And uh, you know, took pictures with us and was just a super cool guy. And that's what we were there for. We were there to enjoy that and watch some baseball and, uh, I went up to Tony and was Tony Scarpone who run, who ran blitz. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, Oh man, he goes, I should have called you. I'm like, why? What's up? He goes, I don't have a ring announcer for tonight. And I'm like, um, you know, and, and right away in my head, I'm like, Cody's on the show. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I tried to keep my cool. I'm like, Oh, I, I, I could do it. If you, if you want me to, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here with my daughter and I'm here to watch the game and such, but you know, I tried to like play it cool. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I could, I could do it. I guess if you really need me to, I'm like, but I'm, I mean, I'm not dressed for it. And that's something that's meaningful to me. You know, cause mm-hmm. we talked about that. I'm like, I'm, I'm not dressed for it. And uh, he's like, no, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. And uh, so it's really funny. Cause I was wearing, and this is probably going to get some heat now, but at the time I didn't know, I didn't know how bad he was. Um, I was wearing a uh, David Starr baseball cap and okay. a uh, a Progress Wrestling uh, T-shirt and uh, announcing Cody in a pro wrestling blitz ring at a baseball in a baseball. <laughs> like, like, so what? random, yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, um, but it was cool because I told I told Tony I'm like, hey, you know, I, I've got my daughter with me. And so she's probably about five at the time. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to have her inside the, uh, the, the, uh, the barriers with me. I'm going to have to have her mm-hmm. near me in right next to the ring and say, like, Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I'm like, okay, cool. So long as you don't mind that I- I'm, I'm good. So she's sitting next to me and uh, Cody after Cody's match is over people were reaching over the barricade and they're, and they're too sweet. I'm right. They had, you know, they, they hadn't got the uh, season desist yet. So they're, they're too sweet in Cody. And my daughter's just kind of, you know, watching it happen. Cause it's all, it's happening almost over her head. And some young lady in the audience, like showed my, my daughter how to like, make it and, like, do this, do this. So my daughter goes up and, and, and too sweets Cody. And he reaches down, grabs her, pulls her up, 
puts her on her shoulder and marches her around the ring, sets her down and walks off into the sunset. Like amazing. And then we're, so when we yeah. leave the show, she goes, she, she goes, daddy, I don't know that I'm going to have another special moment like that ever again in my life. <laughs> oh. Um, and so, you know, and, and I say this, you know, a lot, Russ, that's that's the magic of professional wrestling, right? That's what right. it's supposed to do, especially with the youth. When it when it works, man, does it work, right? It 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 it, it, it takes you to a whole nother place. It, it creates these memories. That's why we're sitting here. That's why three guys are talking about wrestling. That's why you guys do a show, however often you do, because right. it's created something in you, right? It, 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 it stirs something in you, a passion and these memories. And uh, so to have that memory created for my daughter by the son of my favorite professional wrestler of all time. And now Cody's gone on to be her is now her favorite professional wrestler. I, I couldn't ask for anything more than that. So yes, I've worked with a lot of people uh, from all aspects of my fandom. Uh, um, you know, just amazing amount i i could give you a laundry list 40 50 60 people right i work with you know uh minoru suzuki i've worked with uh i've introduced i've introduced uh muda uh you know i uh jushin thunder liger i mean I, it's the the list goes on and on and on and on but to have this more personal mm -hmm. uh moment yeah. by introducing cody and introducing my my daughter to uh to cody rhodes yeah, that 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 tops everything. That blows everything else away. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a fantastic story, an ironic story, uh, but sometimes fate fate allows that to happen. Um, and yeah, man. I wanna I wanna ask you. Uh, I don't know if, if and, and also I don't I don't know if it could top that story. If anything else could top that story, but I wanna ask you: <laughs> Is there a wrestler you'd like to announce in the future that you haven't? And if so. You could be alive or dead. It could be Dusty, if that's your answer. And if so, like, how would you do it? Or would you add in any of their monikers or anything like that? I'm not going to ask you to, sh to shout right now in your home. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Dusty. So I, okay. I at least got to meet Dusty. I never got to work with him. But I did get to meet him at uh, an IWA Mid-South show uh, back in the Highland days um, at one of their anniversary shows. So I, I at least had that experience. Um, yeah, I, I would love to, to introduce Dusty. And, and yeah. for more so than introducing Dusty would, would be being in the ring with him and just seeing how he would riff. Like, what, what would he do? How would he interact with me? You know, just because his personality was so much larger than life. And just to, 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 to have him like interact with me in a ring would be phenomenal. So it wouldn't be so much about what I would do. It would be like, how would he craft that experience? And I almost feel like he would, like, I feel like he would have crafted that experience uh, if I were to have that, you know, on the indie scene with him now, if he were still around right. in a bustling shape. Um, Terry Funk, uh, you know, yeah. and I, I, I You're wonder. You're going to bring him out of <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't think he. I don't think he has another one in him. I don't, because um, I, I. I do believe he's having some health issues right now. Uh, if if memory serves, I think he. You know, is is struggling a little bit. So I don't know that 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 would ever happen. But but Terry Funk is on my very 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 short list. 
of uh, of people that I, I still really would lo- love to have the opportunity to work with. Right. Um, but but that being said, you know, uh, Mick Foley worked right. in a wrestling mm-hmm. show and, you know, and in, in, in probably even more of a working capacity than we thought he was going to. But yeah. you know, I could see, you know, why couldn't Terry Funk be involved in something and still not have to work? And so uh, that I, I definitely get in the ear of Warrior Steve uh, <laughs> about, about Terry Funk. So uh, I'm, I'm going to definitely and I'll con- I'm going to continue to work that angle. And nice. see if I can make that happen. But um, as far as one of, of ones that certainly could happen, um, Zack Sabre Jr. I'm a huge, huge uh, mark for Zack Sabre Jr. I've seen him multiple times in the States, um, but I never worked any of those shows. I just happened to be going to those shows. Um, I'd really like to work with, with Zack Sabre Jr. There's just uh, something very different about his style. He mm-hmm. brings that British hooker style. Yeah. Uh, and uh yeah that's that would probably nice. be my 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 modern answer i can't wait till you announce um what what warrior on nine maybe warrior nine right. undertaker versus terry funk in the main event yeah <laughs> look at steve listen to these guys they know what they're talking about uh, they're like no, yes marion central has taken out it, would, it wouldn't do anything for your gate it, would, it wouldn't be any good for the show no just do it it for me <laughs> i was gonna say marion central has taken out a loan to uh to, to put on the <laughs> show but we got the undertaker and we got terry funk in there. um that's great yeah yeah that's really i was sweet. gonna ask real quick uh kirby you know we, we talked about all the people that you've introduced and in several legends but it has to be complicated to go to Gali and introduce all these luchadors. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, you know, uh, I was at a Gali show. I had started going to Gali shows with my daughter because it was a family friendly show. Mm-hmm. And many of the other shows I was working were not. So I wanted this opportunity to take her to shows. And uh, this is when, in, uh, when Carlos started, was just starting to use like Phoenix and, and, and mm-hmm. Pentagon. And uh, I was at a show and he, he knew me through James and them. And he would come to freelance shows whenever we would use any, any Lucha guys. And he comes up to me at the end of a show. He's like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to make the show more professional. And uh, everyone's telling me that the guy I have to use is you. Because uh, I think they had just finished <laughs> using Steve Kenton at the time, I think was the guy previous to me. And uh, I go, Carlos, uh, you realize I, I don't speak Spanish, right? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll teach, we'll teach, we'll teach. It, it doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, so, you know, uh, we, we, we talked business and we, yeah. and we, and we made it happen. And, uh, you know, I, I I like to throw. I try to learn a little Spanish every show. I do. I try to learn a little bit more. You know, I've I've tried to at least learn how to say the matches. But um, you know, it is difficult, especially when they bring, and he does bring so many guys mm-hmm. in from Mexico that don't speak English. And you know, I, I'll go to Gringo a lot. I'm like, how do I ask them their name? How do I ask them where they're from? And, uh, you know, you know, don't they is, you know, like stuff like that. I just, I pick up a little things here and there where I can make that, make it easier. And, you know, the, the guys are so appreciative to hear 
me even try yeah. to speak to them in their native language. You know, they think that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, you know, or they'll or they'll grab somebody else. They'll grab Gringo, or they'll grab one of the one of the kids. You know, the golly kids who obviously speak both. And uh, you know, and, and we'll, we'll get it done. But it is it is difficult. It, it you know, it's it's one of those shows that I have to show up earlier for because the prep is. I hard. mean, even if you get there late, you'll still be early. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely it's 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 it's. I've learned, you know, it's like early for one show is not early for golly. So like, I, I show up late for golly knowing that I'm still way early, but I do have to put more prep into mm-hmm. that show um, because, because of the language barrier and because I, I want to put some things right into it. And one of my favorite moments you said, you know, it's got to be difficult. Um, this was a show uh, maybe a year ago and it was uh it was a hair versus hair match. I want to say it was Chico versus. I'm not sure at this point. Chico versus. Think. Versus Chico lost. Yeah. Chico <laughs> lost, right? So, Chico. It, it was a hair versus hair match. And as you're, you're a Spanish speaker, the, the word for hair. Mm-hmm. And the word for horse, <laughs> I believe, are very similar. Okay. Right? Cabello so, is hair. Caballo right. is horse. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I announced it Sounds as a somewhere. caballo versus caballo match. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I announced it as a horse versus Some horse Tough match. individuals going at yeah. it. <laughs> two, um, ho- two horses, <laughs> two horses. Yeah, so, uh, but but you know what? Again, that's the crowd laughed, oh, yeah. you know, and, 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 and it's bloopers like that, you know, little things like that. And, and especially the golly crowd loves to give white people shit, like, but, it, but in a friendly, fun way, right? <laughs> they like to mess with us, you know, the whole, hey, hey, puto, you know, and so I embraced that. I figured the only way, yeah. you know, I'm not going to get offended by it or anything. And I, and I understand, I guess, that, that we've learned now that that is a very offensive word, especially, especially in the LGBTQ plus community. But it's still part of the lucha culture and the, and, and, and the soccer culture, mm-hmm. from what mm-hmm. I understand. Um, so I embraced it, right? So, so when they hit it with me, you know, I acted like the, the ignorant you know, dumb gringo that I was, I'm like, that's me. That's me. Yo soy puto. puto." (laughs) Right. Cause the whole crowd would embrace Kirby. Like, yeah. Kirby gets his own chance. I acted like like it was a compliment. And then that made, that made them that much more happy. Cause they're like, Oh, they got over on the white guy, Mm -hmm. you know? And so just, cause that's what we're doing. It's, it's, it's smoke and mirrors, right? We're it's theater. Entertainment. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just play into it, man. I I just roll with it because that's that's what we have to do. But yeah, I, I love I love Golly for that reason. The the crowd, I mean the noisemakers and everything else. Um I had the opportunity when I was 40, so nine years ago, to go to uh to Mexico and uh see a couple shows in Mexico City. And uh I love it, man. Just the the again, we talk about passion because that's what so much about what wrestling is about. But the noisemakers and just the way they get into it is insane. And to, to have a pocket of that here in the Chicagoland area mm-hmm. is, is pretty darn cool. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, Kirby, not to get sentimental, but what's one thing you miss about freelance wrestling right now? Just uh, if you had to say one thing. Um, all of it. Uh, <laughs> um, the crowd. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's you guys. Um, it, it really is. You know, I, I, I still, I've worked with some of my friends throughout the summer doing those outdoor shows at Warrior. But there's there's just something about that freelance crowd that's really, really, really special. There's a few other crowds like it, you know, that just have that atmosphere that they've created. And it goes back to the Abbey. And it's cliche to say, you know, fans would come up to me and say oh great show tonight great show and i would often respond i'm like well it's about you guys and i know that sounds like i'm i'm glad handing I'm like well so much of it is about you in freelance's case i i don't believe that's cliche i don't believe that's uh glad handing whatsoever because they really especially in at, at the abbey they made that building so special and they were so into everything we gave them and the best example of that and i've i think i have told this story a couple times uh is the first time we did the halloween gimmick battle royal and uh nick hands me the run sheet and i look at it and i see we're doing this gimmick battle royal and it's all local guys dressing up for all intents mm-hmm. and purposes as famous professional wrestlers through time. And I looked down like, Oh my God, this is so fucking stupid. Like this is <laughs> like, I, like I didn't want, I didn't want to do the show anymore. Yeah. Like I'm like, this is going to bury us. We're just a few months in with this company. I'm like, wow, this is the worst idea ever. This is going to bomb so badly. And, and I'm the face of it, right? I'm the guy mm-hmm. saying it. Like, it's like, no one's looking at Nick do something stupid with yeah. this. They're looking at me and I've got to do this stupid, stupid thing. And uh, so I did it. And as soon as the first person came through the curtain, and it might've been like Marche is the rock or, or, or yeah. whoever, the, the crowd acted like they were seeing each <laughs> and every one of those people. Right. They, they, they chanted rock rock and for austin and for angle and for steamboat and for like they acted like they were seeing these real life people and looking through the crowd i mean they were losing their shit like they were just like like oh my god it's like i don't know if they, they were just overtook by the moment or if it's if they were working us as much as we're working them i don't know but it was magical and it ended up being one of the coolest things freelance has ever done. And we've done a few more of them since and all of them have been cool, but we've never captured what was that first one. That was like lightning in a bottle, man. So for me, it really is about the fans, the fans, and the fans have made people the first time space monkey came into the Abbey. Like no one knew who space monkey was like at all. Had no reason to know anything about him. He hadn't done anything yet. And the Abbey crowd just went, bana- oh my god, bananas! <laughs> <laughs> oh um, shit! Uh, they went eight. Oh, it went uh, eight. Uh, shit! Look at that. Uh. <laughs> um, no, the crowd went nuts for him, and uh, it was it, 
again, the crowd makes so much of what works in freelance work. You know, the mm-hmm. way they, you know, um, we had uh, Da Cobra on one show and yeah. I forget what he said. He kind of just said something and it was like, it was just something stupid and the crowd just kept chanting it back at him. And then he just kept, they kept chanting it all night long. And like, <laughs> it's just the stuff like that. Like that crowd is and and, and especially there's a certain crew of that crowd, especially, but yeah, it's, it, the people, man, it, it's, it's, it's the fans that, that really, really, that I, that I miss the most. Yeah. I, I miss that atmosphere. Yeah. They're very open-minded and just like go with the flow and just there to have a good time. I think. And yeah. They're not sitting on their hands. I mean, you know, I, I, I was going in, I'm not even going to say the company cause I'm not here to bash anybody, sure. but I was going to another very big company in Chicago shows that was putting on very, very good shows with amazing talent from all over the place. And uh, people were sitting on their hands. Like, like, what are you doing? You're seeing Zack Sabre Jr. And, and all these amazing guys. And they're just kind of like, oh, all right. Oh yeah. No, that's like freelance just isn't like that. Freelance is a whole different animal. Um, yeah, they're, they're just, they're, they're into it. They're there to have a good time. They're there to be transported away from the fact that they, they don't have a job or, you know, things are going wrong at home right now, or, you know, they, they, they can't find, they can't find a girl or they're, they're worried about making ends meet or whatever. All that goes away at a wrestling show. None of that matters anymore. You're in this magical larger than life place and the freelance crowd personifies that more than any crowd that I've ever been a part of. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair point. Um, and in transitioning into the, the dessert. Um, mm. So I hope you're ready for that. So we've had a lot of great stories out so far and we'll continue to have them as we get through this dessert line. Um, wrestling, right? We're a wrestling podcast. Who's in a face wrestling podcast? Have you been watching anything recently? Uh, I watch uh, AEW on the regular. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a couple weeks behind. Um, so when when AEW and NXT started to go head to head, so at you know at the birth of of AEW on television at least, um, I you know I I, I Asked my daughter, I'm like, which one do you want to watch with me? Because we're not going to be able to watch all of it. There's just, there's so much wrestling, right? And so we're not going to be able to watch all of it. So which one do you prefer and want to watch? And even though she's this huge Cody Mark, um, we watched like, you know, a few episodes of each. And for some reason, she fell more in love with NXT. So we were watching more NXT and then I was watching a W on my own and I enjoyed both products because both products are similar. Whereas the young hungry guys that are giving more, more of a chance to shine. And, and, you know, it's more about work rate and less about, you know, muscle bound guys giving promos or whatever. Um, So both shows were very entertaining to me, but, and and also have a lot of friends that I've made right throughout the years on both of those shows, people that I've worked with. So it's great seeing 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 the guys that I know and love. But uh, no, it, for whatever reason, Darby 
kind of falls in and out of wanting to watch wrestling. We have so much that we want to do together and she's so involved in things. Right. So we only, there's only so many, so many hours in a day. So when she started watching less, I started gravitating more towards just watching AEW. So that's pretty much all I watch right now. You know, I, I watch some tape and stuff of, you know, you know, indie matches and stuff like that and shows that, that, that I work on. Uh, but for the most part, most of my time is if I'm watching wrestling, I'm watching AEW. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's going to be transit leads into the next question is uh, your daughter. Your daughter's probably continually fairly interested in wrestling, right? And uh, would you say she's a fan, like a pretty, pretty not habitual, but like a, a fan of wrestling? Absolutely. You know, she yeah. asked uh, two years ago, two years ago now, I think it was two years ago for her birthday party. Uh, if I would uh, put on a wrestling show in her front yard, for her for her birthday and i did I remember that yeah I, I, yep. I, I rented i rented a ring from merle and uh you know got some friends uh in, including isaiah's uh whose birthday it is today I, I guess it won't be when this airs but uh happy as birthday. we're sitting here speaking happy birthday to uh isaiah's velasquez right uh and uh and kylie because kylie was was my daughter's favorite uh local mm-hmm. uh wrestler or indie wrestler that you know that she saw uh, somewhat regular. So uh, the two of them came out uh, and did a little spot with her and uh, a few other guys, some guys from Gali and uh, that's awesome. Some other, some other friends of mine came and worked that. So she, yeah, she asked for that because she was into it at the time and right now, and she's still in into it, but it's just, it's, she's into so many things. And, yeah. and especially like right now she, she takes, well, that all changed this week. And how, how old is she? Again. She's nine. Okay. Okay. Uh, she just turned nine on Halloween, okay. and uh, you know she's she's nine going on 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 fifty. Um, she's very very she's advanced for her age as far okay. as her academics, um, as far as her uh, social skills. She's just very advanced for her age. Cool. And she's and she has so many interests. And, and my whole idea of bringing someone up is expose them to everything and let them find what they like. Right. It's not right. about what I want them to do, but it's about showing them everything and letting them pick and choose. And as a parent, you assume that they're only going to be good at so many things and, and only have interest in so many things. No, she loves everything she does and she does all of them very, very, very well. So we let her do a lot of stuff. So right now she's in ice skating drums uh, taekwondo, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Holy shit. Uh, act, acting and modeling, and I think is, is going to start taking singing lessons as well. So, uh, and wow. she's, she's, she's teaching herself to skateboard and do BMX tricks. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you got, to, how do it. you have the time to do the like driver, all those places? I, I don't uh, it's, our, my wife and I, uh, you know, we, that's what we're about, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You, you sacrifice, you sacrifice for your children, you know, right. and I don't even see it. I don't see it as a sacrifice. That's, you know, that's something exactly. you say, but it's not, you don't feel that way. Um, but, uh, no, I, I love seeing her, uh, enjoy herself. So if sitting down with wrestling, sitting down and watching wrestling with me is what brings her happiness. Great. If it's not because she's got so many other things, so many other irons in the fire, that's fine too. She's going to come back to the wrestling, you know, because I'm always going to be a part yeah, of it and, and right. it's a part of her. 
So she's going to come in and out of it, in and out of it. So she's a fan. She just doesn't always have time for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, it'll always be there. It's 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 perpetual. It's eternal. That's a huge positive yeah. for wrestling. Yeah. Cool. Um, what are your what are your other hobbies, Kirby? Uh, what else do you like to do? Uh, yeah, man. I uh, I'm I'm a big comic book nerd. Okay. Uh, ha- have been all my life. I think I discovered comics in like fifth or sixth grade. Um, so something like 80, 1984. <laughs> okay. So quite, quite some time ago. Uh, so a big comic book nerd, uh, sci-fi horror. So I'm into, you know, watching movies and, and, and such again, only so many hours in the day. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to, uh, yeah indulge in all that i'm also a very big uh board game guy um i okay. love playing uh board and card games cool. uh especially like a lot of the stuff that's coming out of europe uh, so like they call euro games um i work i work at different conventions in the summer i work some of the big uh um com- or not comic book uh, gaming conventions i demo uh for a lot of the big companies out there because it's just it, again it's just another way for me to be out there with the people right I like being around people. So that's just a, yeah. that that's a hobby in and of itself for me is being around people. Um, I play disc golf. Are you guys for, familiar with disc golf? Yes. Yes, I am. I am not. Yeah. What is this? Yeah, my so, dad, uh, so, my dad, uh, disc golfs. Yeah. So I play disc golf, you know, out there throwing Frisbees at a basket. Yeah. Um, I have, I have nothing to do with, with real golf or, or, or what we like to call ball golf. Uh, <laughs> I don't have anything to do with that ball golf. Yeah. But um, no, I, I play disc golf in the summer. Um, yeah. A lot of the nerd, the nerdy yeah. stuff, man. You know, like I said, the comics, the movies, uh, sci-fi technology a little bit. Um, I'd like to get more into technology. Uh, there was a time when I was probably a lot more into it, but uh, it's so hard to keep up with. Right. You have right. to like rebuild your, you have to rebuild your computer every couple of years um because now you don't have enough ram or enough memory or, or you know da, 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 da. um so it's hard to keep up with it, especially from a monetary uh aspect and you know gaming systems you have to buy a new gaming system every two to three years because you have to have the new model and your phone you have to have the new phone um i play a lot of mobile games probably a lot more than i should okay. that's a hobby that I, i'd like to maybe break myself up but boy do i play a lot of mobile games can okay. you recommend um, one uh Marvel, uh, not Contest of Champions. Uh, Marvel Strike Force is the one that I uh, probably okay. spend the most time on. Again, it it you know it, it bleeds into that comic book hobby as well. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to, I like to engage in the nerddom. You know, I I used to go to uh, comic book conventions. I've been to Sandy. I've been to the Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, uh, one time in 1996. Uh, so I made it to Mecca as far as, as far as that's concerned. Um, I, I collect, I, I collect, I don't collect comics anymore, but I collect, I still collect uh, original art. I still go to conventions and get original art. Nice. Um, I, uh, when I went to San Diego, this is really, it's not a wrestling story, but you asked a non-wrestling question. Um, so I, I don't think I've ever talked this, this answer before on a wrestling podcast. Sure. Um, when I went to San Diego Comic-Con in 96, Image was just blowing up. And that was um, the mass exodus from Marvel of all their, like, big talents, like Todd McFarlane and Jim Lee uh, and Eric Larson. They all went and formed their own company. And so it was a really big deal. 
and they had Jim Lee, uh, who did Wildcats for Image, and he was on stage, had him on stage, uh, doing this really large drawing, and he drew in characters from Wildcats and characters from X-Men, and it's the first piece of art that exists with both characters, uh, for characters from both properties in one piece. Um, and so the audience is bidding on this piece while it's being drawn by Jim Lee. Oh, and, uh, so, so I'm bidding on it and, uh, it's quickly going up, you know, 200, 300, 400, 500. And then all of a sudden it comes down to two people. It's myself and Jamie Graham. And for Chicago people, Jamie Graham owns Graham Cackers comics. Um, which is a big chain for comic mm-hmm. book stores throughout Chicagoland. Okay. So Jamie and I are just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I won the piece for $1,000. Um, a lot of money to put <laughs> out for a piece of paper and some graphite and ink, right? Right. So I've had that, had that piece now since 96. About five years ago or so, um, our roof was falling apart. And so I thought, like, let me entertain the idea and see if there's value in any of my pieces. And I owned a lot of other pieces, too, a Bernie Wrights and piece and such. So I, I, I got a dealer to come out to my house and uh, inspect my collection. And he, he was interested in the Jim Lee piece. And I ended up selling it for $6,000 and putting a new roof on my house. That's um, awesome. And my wife felt so bad. She's like, she's like, oh, you know, you had to give up this piece that you love. I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, that's the dream. That's why people collect, you know, they collect because they want their stuff. But the dream is one day they're going to sell all this stuff and make lots and lots of money. Right. And I got to do that, at least, you know, for one thing. But putting a roof on your house, that's a big deal, especially if your roof is starting to fall apart. You know, so the fact that I was able to do that with with something i had bought i'm like and it, it hung on my wall forever and i still have a lot of other art pieces so it wasn't like i lost anything i i i was thrilled to death to have have pulled that off you know to have made six times my money uh on something on, on big money like that so yeah that was a win so uh so yeah that's my that's my big comic book story that's great i love that um any any mandalorian yes well i just watched um the first episode of season two right before getting on with you guys. So my wife and I watched Mandalorian uh, as it aired last season. And for some reason we kind of thought it might be a little too much for Darby. And, uh, and then as we started to watch this season, we kind of tried to recall last season, like, well, what, what was there? Was there really anything that was that bad? And like I said, she's, she's kind of mature for her age. Um, so we're like, ah. so we stopped, we stopped watching in the middle of the first episode, we stopped watching. And I said, I'm going to go back and rewatch it with Darby. So we spent the past just three or four days actually um, watching the entire first season, got her all caught up. And then as a family sat down and watched the first episode of the second season tonight. So we're three episodes behind, right? Cause we're on yeah. episode four, mm-hmm. but uh, it's phenomenal. It's, it's so amazing to take the, the, the Star Trek universe that, you know, I, I grew up with because I remember standing in line to see the first Star Wars yeah. at uh, at River, you know, at River Oaks Theater and Calumet's point um, to take this and 
and and do this spin on it and and make it a western because you know i don't yeah. know if, if everyone realized that or not but it is it's a western like all the tropes all the storylines are western especially the the first episode of the second season where he's riding into town on yep. on a mechanical horse yeah and all the people are, are looking at him I'm like and the sheriff a, town sheriff yeah, yeah. I like that all these tropes are from sp- mainly spaghetti westerns and uh so yeah i i'm over the moon about it i i love it i think it's a fantastically well-written show it's really really yeah good. yeah they do they have a ton of tie-ins to uh there there's some really good youtube videos where you can like look at all the some guy will break down the easter eggs and all the callbacks and you see sure. how much they're actually tying in the story of, of all the other ones and and references yeah. and i think that's like that's star wars's strength is how they tie everything together and they world build and things like that so it's really cool um and, and it before... plays into our wrestling world now sasha makes an appearance in this, mm-hmm. in this oh season, yeah right she does yeah she does she uh um yeah, it was a good experience. It's it's a little bit more minor than I think some people would have hoped, but I think it still is cool for her and really cool to see Man. her. So uh, yeah, it, you're in for a treat for sure. There's like uh, in these next three episodes. So that's what I've been hearing. You know, I, I yeah. try to stay away from the spoilers, and and most people that I follow are are, are pretty respectable about the spoilers. Like you know, they'll talk. You know, they'll, they'll vague book about it. And, uh, you know, just talk about how cool the episode was and without really going into detail. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely I'm excited for uh, for especially episode three and four. That's what I feel like a lot of people were talking about the most is how good three and four were. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next couple of days to get into that. So cool. And yeah, really quick. Time, right? Cause we're, we're getting into the holidays. <laughs> so the holidays is cool. So mm-hmm. it's a good, this is a, this is a great transition. I don't know if uh, Chris, you can ask this question. Yeah, I was like, I, I can't contribute a whole lot to the Mandalorian conversation, yeah. but are you a Trekkie? I, I am neither. <laughs> I am neither. You're, you're, you're a Whovian, right? Is that, is that no, I am a, a Lucha Libre fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> But I do want to talk about, you know, it is the, the holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving's coming up. What is the ideal Thanksgiving meal? Macaroni and cheese. Mac and cheese? Really? Or is Mac that, or is that you being facetious? No. Whoa. Are you kidding me? No, absolutely. That's There's, there's a lot of controversy. Go-to. There's a lot of controversy about oh. mac and cheese. Like, not, it, it like. It's its own separate food, so it shouldn't be at the Thanksgiving table. But like, I'm fine really? with it. Really? That, yeah. That's because you're not having Thanksgiving with black people. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> 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 that's fair. That's you're, fair. you're talking to the wrong people. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, mac and cheese is supposed to be at every holiday meal. And uh, I, I learned that from my extended uh, black, black family and friends right. and, 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 and network. Um, no, man. I'm all about the mac and cheese, and the mac and cheese is my contribution to every uh, holiday meal. It's what oh, I sure, make. okay. Um, so I hand grate uh, anywhere between six and a dozen different cheeses. So every time I make it, it's different. Um, I don't use a recipe whatsoever. Um, I build it up from a roux. So I start with, uh, with with butter and flour, and I make a roux, and then I add my uh, milk and uh, condensed milk and butter and cheese to the roux and build it up from there. Um, 
and then I bake it and, and, and put I don't even know what a roux problems. is. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know how to spell it. Is it? So, so uh, roux, I believe it's spelled R-O-U-X. I could be wrong about that, but uh, it's, it's a French style of cooking and uh, it's, 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 it's building a base. So it's, it's um, a lot of gravies are made from roux. Um, I, I believe like roux is often used with like uh, jambalaya and such. So it's building something up from a base. So you start with your butter and you, you melt you melt your butter and then you add flour to the butter until it's no longer any butter. So the flour soaks up all the butter and then you add liquid to this mixture that you just unliquefied. Now you liquefy it and uh, that's a roux. And then you can wow. add things to it. So you can add... Uh, beef stock and stuff like that to it to make it a beef gravy or you could add it cheese so like sexy. I do to turn it into a yeah right um it's it, it's amazing and it's it's it uh everyone who has it it's their uh their favorite thing of, of mine to have I've, I've i've impressed uh many many a holiday table uh with, with the macaroni and cheese um i come from a family my wife's family and this year is not going to be the case, but my wife's family is a very large family. And uh, one of her aunts and uncles owns Decola's Seafood on the South side on Western. A lot of listeners will probably be familiar with it. Um, it's been around forever. So they actually bring a lot of seafood to the, uh, to every holiday meal. So we'll be having like shrimp de jong at Thanksgiving. Now we won't this year because we're not going to be meeting as that big of a family because we're going to do the responsible thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But because uh, she has a huge family, uh, we usually have like 40 or 50 people at the holiday meals. Um, so I'm used to having a lot of what I guess will, would be called non-traditional plates. But uh, I like turkey. I'm also a big ham guy. Um, we were actually we had planned on having two Thanksgivings, kind of a regular Thanksgiving and then a Thanksgiving for some people that are, are in our life that aren't family, but are kind of unfortunate and don't have family. Um, so we were going to have two Thanksgivings. So one was going to be turkey and one was going to be ham. And we bought all of it before the world decided to shut down again, or at least Chicago. And uh, so we're going to do both. We're making a turkey and a ham uh, oh, on shit. Thursday. So, yeah, we're going to do it up. Uh, cauliflower. There'll be a cauliflower with a brown butter. Um, that as, as a side, we do uh, we do stuffing. Um, we don't do yams. I know yams. People like sweet potatoes. Yeah. I'm not a big sweet potato guy, so that, that okay. won't be there. But no, it's it's mainly about the mac and cheese for me, man. I, I'm I'm all I'm all about the carbs. Uh, <laughs> I love pasta, man, in, in all its glory and all its yeah. in every way it comes right. from Chinese to Italian. Give me the pasta, baby. I'm, I'm all about it for sure. Uh, another controversy is: Would you consider gravy a Thanksgiving side dish or no? Um. Yeah, I, I I think okay. it, I think it, it it needs to be there. It needs it needs to be made from the juices of the turkey. Okay. So yeah, you 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 again again that's how you would make a roux. But um yeah it, yeah absolutely because it, okay. it it's I put it on my turkey, I put it on my stuffing, and I put it on my mashed potatoes. It, it pretty much it gets poured on the entire plate. <laughs> yeah, and then like and then the plate starts like just get mushed together. Like and you got to put everything on the fork. So you gotta you gotta stick the fork in the mashed potatoes, right. in the stuffing, in the turkey. Hit all the stops. Yeah, and and, yeah. and it's one mouthful, right? Because it's 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 all you only have one stomach. It's all going to the same place, anyways. Right. So um so yeah, 
No, gravy. Absolutely. Okay. Are the people that are anti-gravy? Well, no. no. So the so the so the, Eric we're this... Stevens. Eric Stevens is anti mashed potatoes and gravy. Is that isn't that right? No, no I'm not quoting him. No. Um, the thing is, is that I so I follow so I follow uh, uh, the bar Barstool Chicago guys, and they do this thing on their podcast where they have a snake draft, and they okay. were drafting Thanksgiving Thanksgiving like food and one of the categories was sides and one guy drafted gravy and then there was a whole uproar and it got vetoed because they consider gravy a sauce and not a side dish and okay. then there's this whole counter like all these different points and counterpoints about like does gravy classify as an actual sauce like sauce sauce dressing or is it considered like a side dish that would be like like oh. a macaroni is a side dish mm-hmm. right as you pose the question like that, yeah. I, would, I guess I would say I would not classify it as a side dish. Is it Same, a Thanksgiving yeah. staple? Does it have to be there? Yes, absolutely. It's sure. a sauce, but I'll I'll t- I'll take gravy straight to the head. Like I'll <laughs> that's what this is what the guy was saying who was voting for yeah. the for the it being a side dish. He's like, I would drink it by itself. Yeah, I'm so, done with, with, with shots of gravy. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I drink gravy. I also drink au jus. Like if, okay. if I have an Italian, sure. uh, uh, a friend, a uh, French, uh, whatever they call it, Italian beef, but the, like other, the other dip. term, yeah, French, mm-hmm. French dip. Yeah, I'll I'll take my leftover au jus. I'll just take it right to the head. Man. <laughs> okay, straight to the dome. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, look at me. I, mean, I, I guess people <laughs> can't see me on the podcast, but look at me. If you know who I am. I, I've eaten some carbs and some fats. Yeah. Stayed to the topic of of food and you know gravy and all these great meals. And we're on the dessert bar right now. So, so what is your favorite dessert? Not necessarily Thanksgiving dessert, maybe a Thanksgiving dessert, but what is your favorite dessert? I'm a big uh, tiramisu fan. Uh, I, I love tiramisu. I okay. also love flan. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, and creme brulee are probably my three favorite uh, dessert dishes. I know that that might sound like really foo-foo. Of yeah, it's a little bougie of you, Kirby. Tiramisu. We we're just talking about <laughs> shots of gravy, and then all of a sudden you... <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't... Yeah, there's something about... I guess the, the, most of them are kind of custard-based, at least flan mm-hmm. and creme brulee are kind of custard-based. Um, and I, I like the idea of, of you know the, the semi-solidness of them. Um, but tiramisu, that coffee flavor from the coffee liqueur and the, uh, um, I forget the, the lady fingers that are, that are, that are part of it. Um, just amazing. Especially if it's made with alcohol, uh, tiramisu is, is, is phenomenal. Ladies, get you a man who could do both, who can slam a boat <laughs> of gravy, but then also put on a matching suit and tie and sit down with you and have tiramisu. And, and, you know, I'm, see, <laughs> I don't just dis- I don't discriminate for people or food. I will I will eat all the people's foods, like <laughs> all the cultures. Um, for my birthday recently, for my birthday we had uh, we had uh, Jaeger schnitzel uh, and spetzel, Ooh. which was two yep. very German dishes. Yep, yep, yep. And then I requested for my for my cake, I wanted ube, and ube is Filipino purple yam cake. Um, and yeah, the I reason I, 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 oh, it's, oh, it's so good, man. So the only reason I know from? that is because, um, my son's baby mama is, is Filipino. So my granddaughter is, is half Filipino. So they've brought okay. over this, this ube cake before. And it's, it's, it's just so good. Um, you actually make a meringue 
and then you add the meringue to the cake batter. So like it doesn't go on it, it goes in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, and then you actually add the ube, which is yam. Um, it gets mixed in and it's just, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's so I, good. And then usually coconut goes on it. Ugh. I'm, I'm like, I feel like I have the opportunity to try this, but I'm like sort of pissed because my sister has been dating a Filipino guy who's a great guy for like years. And I haven't been invited to one of their family parties yet. And I feel like their family parties are, I always hear stories of them just being like outrageous and like buffets worth of shit. Obviously they haven't had a ton recently, but like I, I, that's my goal is to get invited to one of these things. And hopefully that cake is there they'll definitely know about it. Um, and, and I'm sure that they'll, they'll have, they'll have had it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is uh, Filipino egg rolls. I feel are much superior to Chinese egg rolls. Um, yeah. It's done with a, a much thinner rice paper and uh, yeah, they're to die for. They're so good. All right. I'm going to text him and, and say, Mike, his name is Mike. I'm going to say, I want some, I want this and this once <laughs> we're all want, vaccinated. <laughs> want ube, U-B-E, ube. Yeah, yeah, I just I just Google that. Yeah, I haven't Googled. <laughs> and one of them looks like a giant Swiss roll, um, uh, like a little Debbie Swiss roll, but it's an ube it, cake it, roll. It's yeah, ube it can be done like that. Yeah, but it's an mm-hmm. ube cake roll, and then there's like coconut on the outside and and cream through the different layers. Yeah. Oh shit! It's it's, it's pretty it's it's pretty sick. But my wife made it from scratch for me because she couldn't find a uh, a Filipino a Filipino bakery anywhere nearby. So she's okay. like, ah, "I'll just make it." And then, oh wow! Yeah, she made a she made a great version of it. Like the, the Jaeger Schnitzel and the Spetzel uh, were from scratch too. So I guess I have a Props. good woman. You know, she introduces <laughs> yeah. me to fashion. She feeds me really well. She you know affords me this luxury of uh, indulging myself in professional wrestling, and she's very supportive of that and wants me to go out there and do it. Um, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm incredibly blessed as far as that's concerned. Amazing person to be quarantined with. Um, right. Yeah. Kirby, what, what do you want for, what do you want for Christmas this year? Man, uh, I'm, I'm hard to buy for, for Christmas, uh, because I tend to pick up a lot of things that I want, uh, throughout the year. And I'm also a little, Maybe I'm a little bit of a snob when it comes to Christmas gifts. I I don't want you to buy anything that you would have bought me anyways. So like, you're going to buy me clothes throughout the year. Like I'm going to get clothes. I'm going to be clothes. I'm not going to run around naked. So don't give me clothes as a gift. Clothes aren't a gift. They're a necessity. (laughs) I don't want you to buy me clothes. You're going to buy me the clothes anyways. You're going to get me new socks. You're going to get me cool shirts and shoes don't make them my gifts. You're ripping me off. Um, no, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know that I have an answer this year. Um, uh, yeah, I, I always enjoy, you know, uh, a couple new board games, um, technology, like I said before, just, I like to be surprised. That's the other thing is I, you know, Danny could tell me, you know, your gifts are under the sink and I will never go near it. Like, you know, I'm not that guy. Yeah. Like I want to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want anything to be ruined. Um, so I, I don't ask a lot anymore for gifts. You know, I, I get, I get a lot of them. Um, but I like to be surprised. I like them to throw their, their twist on what they think, uh, you know, I, I would like to have. And I, and I just try to be as appreciative as, as possible as I can for whatever it is I get. Right. I, it might be a sappy answer, but, it's the truth. Well, Kirby, what 
the gift that you can give our listeners <laughs> are your responses good to one. Ward Association. That's a good okay. transition. Okay. Nice segue. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Trying, trying. Three, like three Coronas in. Finally kicked in. Yeah, I have to pee. So after we do word association, while we're wrapping up, I'm going to go pee. But continue with the word association. All right. All right. So word association, the rule here is that you just give me the first word, one word that comes to mind after I read the uh, the following words. There are 10 of them. Okay. One word right. answers. One word answers. So here we go. I will do my best. Chicago. Pizza. Nice. Gali Lucha Libre. Carlos. Warrior <laughs> Wrestling. Variety. Dreamwave. Uh, reminiscing. Howard Finkel. Legend. Dusty Rhodes. Uh, trying to think of the right word. There's so many words I could say. Um inspirational let's get one freelance underground home chicago matadors <laughs> um bliss michael buffer trendsetter freelance wrestling <laughs> at home <laughs> Again. <laughs> if, if, am i allowed to repeat an answer I think they think yeah, it's we'll, both freelance. We'll it. yeah, it's under yeah, the yeah. freelance umbrella. We know freelance is home. So there you go. There you go. Those are your 10 words. All right. I have, I'm going to continue to talk. And Kirby, you did a phenomenal job. I Honestly, I think I'm going to pee in my pants. So I got to go really quickly. And I'll be back in like <laughs> two seconds. All have, right. Have fun. All right. We're going to leave it all in. We're not editing any of that. So while Charlie takes a pee break, when we talked about when we when i one of the words that i mentioned chicago matadors you left a little bit i think this if you know kirby you know why we put that word in there but for those who don't know kirby the voice can you just give us a quick story about the chicago matadors yeah so um i was in radio for a really long time uh working in promotions and uh got burnt out on the radio industry and uh, went into sports uh, kind of marketing and community relations. And I was working for the White Sox and I was helping run their 50-50 split the pot. Okay. Uh, And so I helped helped run that for years. And then I got picked up by the Bulls to work in their uh, community relations department and run that raffle as well. And so I'm sitting... uh, at a table selling tickets one night and well, oh, many nights. And I would see these big guys, these, these horses, you know, just, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dancing around and having a crazy good time. And uh, I remember when they came to town, I remember I was still in radio at the time when they had the very first auditions and uh, someone had encouraged me, you know, to go do that. Like, you should go do this. I'm like, no, 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 whatever. And then when I met the guys years later, they, they kept the same team for three years. So after the initial audition, they didn't do any more auditions. They kept the same team for three years. And one of them approached me, uh, Kevin was his name. And he's like, Hey, we're having auditions. Uh, you know, this coming Saturday is the first time we're having auditions. We have a, a bunch of our members that are leaving. 
you know, you should come out and audition. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 sure, da, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I kind of blew, blew it off, and literally hadn't thought about it since. And then Saturday morning, woke up and like, I was like, I need to get ready and go to these auditions. Like had no thought about it previously in the week. I just woke up thinking like, I got to go do this. So I just got up, looked it up on the internet, where it was, what it was, what I had to do and went to the auditions that morning and uh, made the team. And uh, so what the Matadors are is an all male, all fat dance squad that dances for the Chicago bulls. Uh, They don't need more. Um, They stopped doing it about eight years ago, but we had a reunion show about three years ago that I was uh, uh, able to be a part of. But yeah, we, we would dance during, uh, during timeouts. And we would also do some big halftime performances with like the lovables. And uh, it was legit. So our choreographer was the same person who choreographed the lovables. So she was making us do stuff that most fat people don't do with their bodies. And, uh, you know, we, we just went out there and, and the crowd ate it up similar to wrestling. Right, right. Uh, the crowd was into it. You know, they, they saw how much passion we were bringing to it. And we, we weren't the best dancers. You know, we were a dance comedy act. And uh, but they they respected it and they loved it and they ate it up. And uh, it afforded me some some amazing luxuries. I got to be on the first season of America's Got Talent. Uh, we got three X's uh, from the Hoff. And um, it was the very first season. So Hoff and uh, the young black actress, she ended up passing away. And I forget the third guy. The third guy was the uh the the token british mean guy uh okay so the three of them Mm -hmm. uh you know gave us x's and uh it was interesting because the live crowd was so into us and then when you watch it on television they show the crowd booing us and stuff but it's all (laughs) b-roll because it, it actually didn't happen that way i'm like Oh my God. Like I remember this little girl giving an X to people, but it wasn't to us. Mm-hmm. It was like to someone else. Or <laughs> on the show. So like they oh. totally, yeah, oh, they, they, they create what they want to create. It's, mm-hmm. it's television. You know, yeah, like, Oh, right. um, so quick tangent, people always want to wrestling. People always want to say wrestling's fake. Right. And I go, so is the Cosby's everything on television <laughs> yeah. is fake. Um, so, so yeah, that's just a, a glimpse into reality shows are not real. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, so yeah, we did the first season of America's Got Talent. Uh, I got flown out to uh, Greece to do the European All Star Game and the uh, the island of Cyprus to do the Greek All Star Game. I think, or it was the other way around. I think it was the Greek All Star Game in Greece and the European All Star Game uh, on the island of Cyprus got flown out there uh, to do those, got flown out to LA to do the, you know, AGT, um, all for being fat and funny, not too shabby, man, not too shabby. And we got to perform it like a dozen games a year. And I got to bring friends and family and they fed us. All the food was free. Um, it was good times, man. We got to like, we, we, some, uh, we were like sit when we knew we were about to come out, we would sit under the basket, but like as far back as you can, but like still like there would be like, like 
body parts like nuts flying at our face like <laughs> while they're making the last dunk because we, we know there's gonna be a timeout called at any second as soon right. as it's called we have to bolt onto the court dance for 30 seconds and run off and as we're running off the the players are like coming on and we're like trying to dodge around them and like not take anybody out um and most of the bulls uh, players loved us, but the other teams hated us. Like, you know, cause we would run through them and like, uh-huh. we weren't as nice about running through them as we were as about <laughs> running through our own team. Um, so yeah, but no, that was, I did that for about four years, three or four years. And, um, actually lost a lot of weight while I was doing it and uh, ended up being like going from being one of the largest guys on the team to one of the smallest guys on the team. And then uh, just ended up stepping away from it after about four years. From radio to the Matadors to the Logan Square Auditorium, like your, your, your journey has, it's always full of interesting stories. Yep. And you know, now in this pandemic era where things are uncertain like we don't know when is the next show it's, it's really good to you know for you to open up your your schedule and and talk to us late at night Kirby, i want to thank you for for jumping on yes for sharing your stories for allowing our listeners to get to know you a little bit better so now the next time that they see a well-dressed guy announcing you know whether it's gringo i say as any you know local chicago guys and you know legends too because you've done that yeah. as well now they know who Kirby the Voice is. I appreciate that very much. Like I said, I appreciate sure. what you guys are doing for the business. It was it was an absolute pleasure to be here. I you know I I'll talk to you for another two hours. I don't care. <laughs> we, we we can just we can just keep going. I mean, you guys are drinking. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but no, I understand. Uh, you know, not no one wants to listen to a six hour podcast. <laughs> um, so we we should probably cut it off here. But no, thank you very much. I I appreciate it. You guys are awesome. I love seeing you at the shows. Uh, I love talking to you right now. Uh, best of luck with you, you know everything going forward. Uh, you know throughout the holidays and the pandemic. Uh, be safe, guys, and thank you. Absolutely, stay safe. And Kirby, the best way for people to uh, you know get a hold of you is Twitter at Kirby the Voice. Yeah, at Kirby the Voice on Twitter. Uh, I don't do Insta. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the, the main route right there. So yeah, feel free to come on over and follow me there if you're so inclined. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Kirby. Thank you. All right. That was a great episode with Kirby, the voice. It finally happened and it was awesome. It had been a while since we had done a buffet line style episode and the fact that we got to do it with Kirby, it was great. And you know, as you heard from Kirby, he has tons of stories. You can just talk to Kirby for hours on end. And that's sort of what we did here. This episode is heftier than the others. And we even forgot to close out our own episode. So we allowed Kirby to throw his social handles and we forgot all about our closing. So not like that's extremely important, but we want to give this episode a conclusion and by the time you're listening to this, Thanksgiving would had already passed. Black Friday already passed. There's still some sales going on. Uh, I don't know if by the time you're listening to this, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees still has a sale going on. You know, but I hope you took advantage of just, you know, the holiday break, the good food that was being shared. I'm, I, mean, I, I heard some people were, um, you know, dropping off plates in different family members' house. So, you know, I kept it very close and intimate with my family 
And, you know, I just hope you had a good holiday. I hope everyone in your family is safe and healthy and wish you the best. And now it is my job to close out this episode for you guys. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can find Two Heels in a Face at Two Heels in a Face. That's number Two Heels in a Face on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can check out our website at TwoHeelsInAFace.com. We have our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Two Heels in a Face. We have a Water Maneuver store, WaterManeuver.net slash Two Heels in a Face. At Water Maneuver, we have some hoodies there. Um, since it's a little chilly, uh, weather here in Chicago uh, is not cold yet, but we have our days. We also have uh, Two Heels and a Face pins, which you can find over at WrestlingWithUnicorns.org. Check out their merch as well. And at this point, this is where I would normally hand it over to Charlie. and He would tell us where to find our episodes. Um, I will give it a whack and I will say that you can find Two Heels and a Face podcast over on Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, um, SoundCloud, Spotify, and any other platform. And if you're trying to look for us and you can't find us, you can always shoot us an email at info at twoheelsinterface.com. And also remember, you can always give us a call, leave a voicemail. We will play it in our upcoming episode. If it's a wrestling related question, if it's a question that you just want us to answer, leave a voicemail. We'll play it and answer it on air. The number to dial is 872-222-7661. Again, that's 872-222-7661. Let us hear from you and we'll play it on our next episode and respond via the pod. Hasta la next time. He's just-